0: What's up everybody and welcome back, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. We are back with a, another episode with a few little topics that we have and then of course um, a little bit of a Q&A as normal. We're going to go back to the normal routine today uh, but first I'm going to take a sip of my, I've got a blue monster today and I have to say it is not as nice as 3D energy drinks so if you're out there. Get yourself on Insight Supplements, 3D Energy Drinks, Josh 10 for discount. Um, but I've got a few things that I want to talk about today. First of all, is going to be like how I set up my day. I get a lot of people ask how I time manage and how, and how I keep on top of everything, especially during a prep where everything is just like go, 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 go. Um, and then cardio considerations for a comp prep versus an off-season, as they, they will inevitably differ. And then I'm going to touch a little bit about digestion, things that we can do, foods that can help, supplements that can help, and, and general lifestyle tips and tricks that can help with digestion um, in general. Um, so yeah, let's jump straight into it. How do I set up my day? So right now I am the busiest I have ever been. Um, I am literally go 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 from the moment that I wake up. And the moment that I wake up is roughly about 7 a.m. at the moment. I don't set an alarm. I just track my sleep and I just wake up naturally. Um, I go to sleep about 10-10-30 most nights. And I'm and I'm asleep within like five to ten minutes because I'm absolutely beat. So I am getting about eight or nine hours um, sleep a night. We know that we're trying to get that minimum of seven hours, like a minimum of seven hours. And still you want to be aiming for for seven and a half, really trying to get that four sleep cycles of 90 minutes where you can, four to five sleep cycles really of 90 minutes each where you can. Um, and then I'm waking up at seven. And, and when I wake up at seven, for whatever reason, whether it's a very good night's sleep, whether it's my nutrition, whether it's hydration, whatever it is, I am raring to go, so I wake up, um, I go weigh myself, go to the toilet and whatnot, take any photos or check-in pictures that I need to for my coach. Um, I will then make a coffee, Um, I will then also hydrate while that coffee is being made, so I will put like literally 400 milliliters of water, 500 milliliters of water, and I'll just chug that straight down with a pinch of sea salt to hydrate myself, Um, we know that if we hydrate ourselves with a little bit of electrolytes, a.k.a. sea salt, um, we can bring down your fasted blood glucose level pretty darn quickly because when you are dehydrated, that can actually push blood glucose levels up. Um, and, and in and in general, you'd want that blood glucose variability to be as low as possible. Um, obviously, there are times where we'd want that to be up, um, training and things like that. But there are things that will bring that up naturally. And, and a poor sleep is one. You know, Being dehydrated is another one. So we're trying to bring that down naturally by sleeping well and, and hydrating before we do things. So I hydrate. I have a coffee. I sit down pretty much from like seven till eight forty five, and I just go through any immediate emails, any immediate client work that I need to do. Um, once I've done any immediate work that they need responses in that moment, or anything that I can do that would be needs to be highly responsive, um, I will then move on to things that would be onto a second tier of of importance. Um, for example email replies or inquiries and I will just go through that process of of my priority list one two and three three being the least important two being they need to be done you know probably today and then one being they need to be done now and I'll just filter through my work like that at different points in the day Um, from there um, it's a 20 minute drive to the gym so I drive to the gym I do my 45 minutes of cardio which is uh, which is spent with a podcast Um, I'm not a big fan of watching videos and Netflix, Uh, I used to do it but right now I find that my brain can't really stay active and I just want to like zone out and breathe and sometimes close my eyes and not have to look at a screen and I'm looking at a screen all day anyway so it's quite nice to just not look at a screen for 45 minutes but still be able to absorb information and I find that I can absorb a lot of information during during cardio so 45 minutes like it's a long time so i can you know i listen to a podcast a day or, or half a podcast and then the next half of, the, of it the next day um which is pretty cool i then get off the stairmaster which has absolutely battered me um for about 10 ish uh, and that we'll give or take i'm trying to aim for about 10 ish each time i then do half an hour 30 minutes of steps which is a, a steady state steps um will in will be separate from cardio and they are separate from cardio during my prep. Um but I do about twelve and a half thousand a day. So I knock out about four thousand in half an hour. Um this just gets me a big chunk done so I don't have to constantly be intervally walking all day. Um, and during this time I'm I'm going through either client check-ins, um I'm I'm again answering any emails that can be answered on my phone. Um if I need any like uh, you know, my coaching sheets or anything like that. I tend to leave that for my laptop work. But, I, you know, I'll get a good amount of check-ins done. I've got all my coaching apps set up um, so I can just go in on my side and, and update things and then send over send over the feedback. Um, so I'll get some check-ins done on that half an hour. I then drive back home. Um, I'm back home for like quarter to quarter to 11. I'm then having breakfast, um, which is just standard egg white omelet at the moment, um, until about 11, From 11 um, until literally 12.30, probably, I'm again going through all the rest of my check-ins I have to do because I will split my check-ins Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, And then I have like one or two uh, on a Friday and then the rest will be on a Sunday. So I have Saturday completely off. Um, And then at 12.30, I'm going for another 20-minute walk to get another two, 3,000 steps in so that I'm at least at like six or 7,000 by the time I get to the gym. So, and then I'll come back for like quarter to one, uh, one o'clock, I'm then having my pre-workout meal, which I have about 90 minutes pre. Um, so at one o'clock, I'm sat down, I'm eating, I'm, I'm just watching a video, I'm chilled, I'm not engaging in any work whatsoever. I'm actually sat at a diff, I actually sit at a different place to where I work when I eat. Uh, just so that I can really help my brain distinguish between the two and, uh, and understand that when I'm here, I'm eating. When I'm here, I'm working. And they can help with things like things like saliva upregulation, stomach enzyme upregulation, and, and, and just helping digestion in general. Something that we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, and then from there I'll do like another 45 minutes of check-ins um, and then I'll make sure that I have at least half an hour pre-session where I'm not doing anything and I'm just chilling and relaxing and mentally preparing. Maybe I'll watch like a, a training video or something on JP's website or, or watch a video where it is uh, anywhere on YouTube or anything like that. I then head to the gym, I'm, I'm training by about 2.30, um, have my pre-workout in and I finish about 4.30ish, maybe maybe quarter to 5.00. I will then do another half an hour on the steps, um, a brisk walk. And when I'm again, I'm going back to more check-ins and just making sure that that I'm getting through the rest of my check-ins until then. Um, I'm back home by 5.30. I'm eating my post-workout meal by 5.30 after after probably about 20 minutes of of just chilling and, and five to 10 minutes of meditation. So I'll come back, I'll chill, wait for my heart rate to get down, then I'll meditate and then I'll go eat. Um, and then from five thirty until my girlfriend gets home, which is about seven thirty eight, um, I'm just doing solidly work, either Instagram posts, filming, replying to emails, any more inquiries, any more check ins, um, and then when she gets home, I try and switch off. Um, but to be honest, I'm I'm probably plinkering on my phone till about eight thirty. I'm probably doing work every night, um, and then from there, it's literally just rest. Uh, get another final twenty-minute walk in for my steps, and then and then set myself up um, to have at least an hour before bed where I'm just chilling. So at the moment, like we just sit and watch Love Island, you know, and just whatever, mong out in front of the TV, smoke a joint or whatever, and just chill. And then and then we do it all over again, guys. And and, and the days that I have my rest days, for example, like today, I have you know way more time on my hands, um, and I get way more work done. So I schedule a lot of my work. Um, or a lot of more my more taxing work on a rest day because I've got more long I've got longer bouts of time where I can do that. Um. But in terms of like where I schedule my my most demanding work, because when I wake up in the morning, my brain is just on for whatever reason it is at the moment. My brain is, it it wasn't like this in the off season. So it might well be that it's just the lower carbohydrates and I'm not so sluggish, but my brain is on. So I place all my most demanding work. Like I said at the start, I have a tiered system where my number one stuff is my most important, most mentally taxing, demanding, my big long voice notes, my big long videos. They're getting done in the morning when I'm most mentally active. Post-workout, you know, like I'm not really going into like huge detail of like this and that. You know, I'm not trying to give out twenty minute uh, replies to to people and stuff. You know, I, I'm really just trying to give the, um, the the like the less mentally taxing work. I'm trying to like shift it towards the end of my day so that my quality of work doesn't sacrifice. It doesn't get sacrificed. Um, and I hear a lot of entre- entrepreneurs talk about that in the way that they set up their day. You know, some people are evening people. Some people are night hours. So therefore, I'd would, I'd would suggest to you guys, you know, put put your put your most taxing uh, work of the day where you're most mentally active. My girlfriend's the same. You know, she she's she wakes up, she's on, so she gets everything done in the morning. You know, or she, or she tries to get everything more taxing done in the morning. But inevitably, when you work in when you work in business and, 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 and in bigger industries, you just have to be on all the time. Um, but a good way to, to balance that would be to, to, to balance your food around when you need to be most active. Um, things like even just being fasted from carbohydrates in the morning can really, really help with cognitive function. And even just giving a little bit of fats and protein here and there can really help with cognitive function. Um, obviously, timing your caffeine. I wouldn't have caffeine after like 2 p.m. So if you've got another bout of, of, of hard information and, and, and thought-provoking things to do, um then 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 you could look towards um timing your caffeine around when you where you need to be most mentally active for example i'm sat here right now with my monster which i'm going to drink i slide these drinks in so well don't i and i'm ooh 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 that was like a toke and uh and I'm having this caffeine when, when I need it, when I want my performance to be up. Like caffeine should be used as the performance tool. And that doesn't necessarily mean performance for the gym. It just means performance in general, mental performance, physical performance. Um so, so yeah, that is how I set up my day. I get asked that a lot, so I thought I'd ask, answer it on a podcast. I wanted to answer it on my on my Instagram, but you can imagine fucking listing all that would, would take up seven pages of of Instagram. I don't want to do that. Um, so that's pretty much how I set up my day every single day so from seven am till about 8 thirty pm I consider myself working yes I'm doing cardio yes I'm doing steps yes I'm training and people don't think that's that's working I'm a bodybuilder the way I look the way I have to train the way I fit like I remember I'm filming these sessions i'm I'm talking in these sessions I'm constantly editing and and uploading social media and thinking about the next social media plan when I get a plan I'm writing it down and 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 there's a lot there's a lot that I do um, that a lot of people would be like oh you're not working but you know what I don't even feel like I'm working you know they say when you when you find that passion and you can use that as your job you'll never work a day in your life and that's genuinely how I feel I feel like I do not have a job and it's crazy because I wake up and I love what I do um, and I am super blessed to be in the position I am and I count myself lucky every fucking day I cannot tell you how many messages I've sent to my girlfriend and said what is happening how am I doing this how are we living this life how am I living this life how am I in this position Because so I look at myself six months ago and, and it was just completely different so um I just, this is a this is a chance i can say thank you to my girlfriend i'm sure she's going to be listening but the last six months she has helped me transform myself into someone who i want to be for the rest of my life and and i'm just so happy with how motivated i am i'm so happy with my life i'm so happy with with how things are and i'm saying this like in the depths of prep Like i'm under three weeks out i feel like i do feel like shit but like life is too good to like let that overcome me and succumb me so I'm just in a very, very good place mentally. And it's down to the people that I've had around me. No more negative bullshit. No more dead weight. No more people dragging me down. You know, I don't want to be that person who's dragging people up anymore. I want to be that guy who's getting dragged up, or or lifted up, or helped up, you know, I don't want to be the opposite, I want to surround myself with people, I put a post about this on my Instagram, I want to surround myself with people who are better, smarter, working harder than me, because it motivates me, and it brings me up to that level, it forces you up to that level, you're the product of the five closest people around you, well, I've got my mum, my girlfriend, Um, and then obviously I've got the people on social media at the moment. I've got my, my coach, who's probably the closest person around me. So that's three incredible people around me that support me. And I'm trying to make it four and five. I'm trying to find my number four and number five, you know, that's why I'm hanging out with new people that just know amazing stuff. And, and I look at TM cycles, one of my boys, like he's making moves, you know, that's why I hang around with him. That's why I talk to him. That's why I ask him for advice because he's making moves and being around these people is what will bring you up. Um, We took a big deviation there on how I set up my day, but I think that that summarizes it pretty well. Uh, Let's talk about cardio considerations for comp prep and off-season because inevitably cardio plays a role in both. Um, A lot of people say, should you do cardio in the off-season? Well, let me ask you this. Would you think it's a good idea to train your heart, the most important muscle of your body? Because if your heart doesn't work, nothing else works. (laughs) that sounds stupid um obviously we train we train our heart um pr- pretty vigorously when when we are training right um but we actually work at a high threshold a much higher threshold so let's say let's say we're working to failure like I do with a low volume. Um, Like when you're getting to those top sets, your heart rate's probably pretty damn high, you know, 150, 160. And then as soon as you stop, it drops back down to 100, maybe 90. And it's constantly going up, it's constantly coming down during intra-sets. You know, an intra-workout is going up, it's coming down, it's going up, it's coming down. But actually sometimes it's beneficial to bring it up and then to stay up at like a, you know, a cardiovascularly beneficial area. For example, rule of thumb, just double your resting heart rate. Most people 60, double it, 120. You know, most people 65 actually, 130. So if you can spend an extended period of time at double your resting heart rate, you're really gonna improve your cardiovascular efficiency. And in improving cardiovascular efficiency, you're gonna get better pumps, you're going to live longer, you're going to have better heartbeat, you're going to have, a better, you're going to have lower blood pressure, and you're going to feel better in general. Um, so it's a good idea to have a year-round cardio. Now, in the off-season, I would recommend maybe doing it on a rest day, um, just to take so it doesn't take away from performance, because we are obviously trying to perform at the highest level at all times. Um, And that would be a consideration for comp prep as well, to put cardio where you can perform in the gym the most. So you wouldn't go and do 45 minutes of cardio pre-workout and then go train because it would affect your training so much. So if you can separate it, you would want to separate it. Similarly in the off-season, if you can separate it from your session, separate it. Though it's less important to separate it as you do have the abundance of food and the caloric surplus. So you're probably going to be all right. Um, but I would separate it onto a rest day in terms of what machine to use it doesn't matter in my opinion you should just aim for a heart rate and pick a machine that you suit best I like a stepper I like a stairmaster I cannot do a cross trainer I cannot do a treadmill they just fuck me up I don't know what it is the stairmaster fucks me up for sure but it's it's manageable and I can do it and, and I can manage it across the the week so In terms of what machine, it doesn't necessarily matter. It just matters at the consistent work rate that you're you're at. If you're constantly at 140 BPM, you're pretty much working fairly close to what, what you were doing every single time. And now the reason why I would pick something like 140 beats per minute versus saying, do 300 calories is because inevitably you will become more cardiovascularly efficient What it takes you to get like the level it takes you on the machine to get to 140 beats per minute will get harder and harder and harder so if i just say 300 calories but you put the the the, the level up like the, the time goes down but because you're you're more cardiovascularly efficient you're better at cardio you're hot you're fitter you're healthier your heart rate stays lower for longer, right? So in setting a heart rate, it, 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 it like forces you into progressive overload of cardio. Um, so like, for like, let's use me, for example, in this prep, I started at level seven on, on the Stairmaster uh, for like 30 minutes, and I was at like 150 beats per minute the whole way. Now I'm on level 10, you know, and I'm struggling to keep it 140 because I've got so fit, because I've got so good at that machine. Um, it's taken me more so it's a good idea to track that because you will get better at something so you should make sure you continually push that up when it comes to considerations for a comp prep um i think we've covered off season there right do do cardio in the off season it's going to be healthy for you you're going to feel better you're going to last longer in your sets you're going to get better top sets you're going to recover better better pumps etc etc so do cardio in the off-season, two or three times a week. That's all you need to do. You don't need to worry about doing it every single day. You don't need to worry about doing it once a week. I think two or three times a week is more than sufficient. Um, and then you can just gauge off how you feel. If you feel like you're gassed and you need more cardio, do more cardio. If you feel fine at where you are, stay where you are. When it comes to When it comes to cardio considerations for comp prep... Um, we have to consider performance. Now, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but performance is everything. If we take away from your performance by just ramping your cardio up, you are then going to have less output in the gym, which means that the cardio that we've just put up, all those calories that you've burnt extra in the cardio are being not burnt in the training because you've taken away from it. So we have to constantly find that battle of keeping performance at the top of its game but also being able to manage cardio to increase your deficit of course so it is a very difficult uh, considerate like it's a difficult game to actually prescribe people cardio you know because like yeah you can keep going up you can keep going up but you get tired and you and you and you you do and you want to sit down more and whether you consciously or unconsciously do it you will sit down more which is why we would have something like steps in play and you would control your steps. Say, if I tell you, you have to do a minimum of 12,000 steps, it doesn't matter if you sit down the entire time between those 12,000 steps because you always get 12,000 steps done. So count your steps, people. It's a big, big thing. If I was just to keep ramping up your cardio and your steps came down 2,000 each time I ramped up your cardio, you're literally negating that. So keep your steps the same. Keep your metabolism or your output the same. And then when it comes to um there's similarly for the for the for the off season like count your heart rate as well because you're gonna get even more fitter in the in the in the uh, or even fitter i should say not even more fitter even fitter in the competition prep season so it's even more important that you track that um you're gonna inevitably have to pick a machine that doesn't hit your joints tendons your Whatever your your recovery and muscle the most the best way possible. So um, there's a guy in the gym who who I talk to every now and again, and and he had to take out the stairmaster because his leg sessions were just getting absolutely smashed because he couldn't recover from them. I'm not like that. Like I'm I, I can I can pretty much go on the stairmaster forever. I don't know what it is, but I don't get like a crazy pump in my legs. Um, like when I do a stepper, I get a huge quad pump. There's veins all over my legs. When I do a stairmaster, like it's pretty even across my glutes, hams, and quads. And you you can even do that, like, push through the heel, push through the heel, okay, push through the toe, push through the toe, and you kind of change your foot placement. So it works for me. So you have to find what works for you and and what you can manage throughout. Some people can just do an incline walk for 45 minutes. You know, I've got clients that can do incline walks, and they're absolutely fine, um, and they can keep their heart rate at 140. I struggle, you know, calf pumps, whatever, like, struggle, each to their own. You know, you've got to find what works for you and what machine works for you. Um, I wouldn't chop and change machines. I, I, I I'm not a big fan of chopping and change machines unless they're all good for you and unless they all feel fine. Then chop and change, but more often than not, getting good at one machine tends to help. Just just in terms of like um, like your body will find the most efficient way to do that and 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 the most efficient way to pull away the stress from like hips, knees, ankles, joints, and all that kind of stuff. So. Is a good idea um, to kind of stick to the same thing. And then I think from here, the only other consideration for, for, for competition prep would be timing, like specifically timing and fasted and non-fasted. So it doesn't make a difference to your caloric input or output, uh, like where those 300 calories are burnt, for example. But what might matter is the energy source and energy system that you're using. For example, maybe you spent the last couple meals fasted from carbohydrates. Maybe you wake up and you're fasted and you go do cardio and, you, and you're on a low calorie diet anyway. I mean, odds are you're probably going to use a lot of, a lot of uh, free fatty acids for energy because you just don't have glycogen in you. So fasted cardio may help in that sense. It's probably going to be less than a percent in terms of actually determining fasted versus non-fasted. Um, but if you consider that if you did it fast, that it's probably going to be away from training. It's not going to affect training performance, duh, duh, duh. like it has knock on effects, you know, so that percentage might go up because of other things, but directly. Doing cardio fasted versus not fasted is probably not a big difference, and I wouldn't worry too much if you can't fit it in fasted. However, if you're using something like your himbine, which is a like a natural fat burner, it's a beta um andrenergic agonist. Uh, I believe. I, th- I think it's a beta, I think cleanse and alpha. Um, but, but it, but it does get affected by the presence of insulin and it, and, and the presence of insulin will negate some of the effects actually. So if you're using your him do it fasted. Um, if you're using clen, it doesn't, I don't think it really matters. I think you can, you can eat and, and take clean and you're still going to get the benefits of cleanse. So don't worry about that. Um, but generally fasted or non-fasted, it's not going to make a huge difference. What really makes a difference is how close to training that really is. And if, Uh, it's going to affect your recovery for that training. So in terms of cardio, guys, training performance first, then worry about cardio. Yes, cardio is an output tool, but your biggest output tool and more importantly, your hypertrophy and muscle retention tool is training. So focus on that first. Finally, guys, something I wanted to touch upon is going to be digestion. Digestion. Uh, now I've talked a lot about digestion on here, so I'm not going to go into like loads and loads of detail. I just want to talk about a few different foods that are going to help you guys, a few different choices that might help you guys, um, and then a few supplements that might help you guys. So first of all, is going to be foods that might help you. Now, when we talk about food, and in fact, when we talk about bloating, digestion, indigestion, diarrhea, constipation, any kind of digestional gastrointestinal stress or or, or or problem, it's all, well, it, it's, it's like 90% of the time going to be down to like your food choice. What are you eating? Are you eating trigger foods? Are you eating vegetables? Are you eating gluten? Are you eating lactose? Like any of these things can have an effect. Now we have to consider there is thousands of vegetables out there and actually some of them may cause irritable bowel syndrome. Some of them may cause problems, you know, and for me, I can't eat broccoli. If I eat broccoli, I fart and I get bloated. So I don't eat broccoli. You know, some people are fine with broccoli. You've got to find what works for you. I am amazing with like mixed leafy greens and broccoli sprouts. So I have loads of them and I don't have any bloating. I have great digestion and it puts my fiber way up. So you've got to find vegetables that work for you. Um, the typical ones don't always work, you know, cauliflower, broccoli, spinach, kale, they can actually all cause a hormetic stress, which is essentially like a, like it's a poison, right, so if you you like rip, if you rip kale up, it increases the hormetic stress response that would give you as a person, so if you rip kale up and eat it you might find that you get like some 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 stomach problems some people it's fine it's fine but like in ripping it up the plant then thinks it's being attacked by an animal um, and it then releases like a poison or a mild poison that would make the animal think, I don't want to eat that again, right? That's the only defense that a plant has. And loads of different plants have this have this defense mechanism, but some just don't react very well, you know? Some don't re- react very well with people. Some react absolutely fine with people. So it's just a case of finding what works for you. And similarly for gluten, similarly for lactose, you know, more often than not, people from India are amazing with lactose because cow culture is such a big thing over there. They drink milk, they eat, you know, and, and, and everything is lassie and all these different things like that. But if you give a give an Asian guy milk, like they don't go that well. There's a lot of Asian dudes who are lactose intolerant because they, it's not something that's part of their culture. So consider, consider your heritage, consider where you come from. You know, you can imagine me as a six foot one ginger bearded Viking, I'm fine with lactose, I'm fine with like big gluten sources, bread, milk, cheeses, big meats, red red meat. I'm fine with that because my fucking ancestors probably ate that shit, you know. Um, and, and similarly, whenever people go to to Thailand or Asia and, and we eat all these different, different spices and or we go to India and have fucking biryanis and real masalas and real food, and those spices just hurt our stomach because we've never had them because we're not used to them they're not in our genes they're not to absorb to to assimilate that they, they, they don't agree with us so it's about it's about learning what foods will affect you in what way and my best best tip is have a structure have a meal plan structure and only change one thing at once that way you can see the variable that changes. If you change your vegetable and and nothing happens, well, there you go. That vegetable's fine. If you change your almond milk to normal milk and then you start getting stomach cramps and diarrhea, there you go. There's your answer. Uh, you know that you probably shouldn't do that. So, making one change at a time to your meal plan structure to find out exactly what the digestion issue is is a really really good idea. You know, some people get on of way, some people get on of way isolate, some people just don't. So, take your time, go over it and assess it and just don't rush it. Don't 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 just change something every single day. Wait a week. You know, you've got time. Digestion ha- you got to digest for the rest of your life. So, take your time to understand it and understand what works for you. Um but yeah, like in general things like like foods that can actually help help your digestion obviously things that are high in fiber um, or fibrous food like for example broccoli sprouts I've just introduced those a couple weeks back they've helped me pass or they've helped my motility a lot more especially during this prep phase where food's a little bit lower they've really really helped my motility so um, things that are slightly higher in fiber fruit is awesome raspberries berries all the different kinds of berries berries are pretty pretty fucking good actually high in anti- antioxidants high in minerals and vitamins micronutrition high in fiber lowish in carb obviously the higher carb than 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 than, than vegetables um, but with the fiber in there like they are if you're not eating berries mixed berries fruit any kind of fruit, you are missing out on a huge nutritional, micronutritional profile. Fiber, which is going to help, you know, it's nature's toilet brush. You know, it's going to help your intestines, it's going to help your psili brush through all the food that is stuck between them. So you make sure that you get your fiber in boys and girls um, and also in the form of vegetables. But like I said earlier, find which vegetables work for you. If you can get some cruciferous vegetables in there, that would be awesome. Some kale, some broccoli, whatever, whatever cruciferous vegetable works for you. Stick in there and I promise you it's going to help a lot. Um, fermented food. So fermented food can really, really help. Um, things like sauerkraut, uh, anything that could kind of is probiotic-ish or has back, live bacteria in it. So kefir is, a, is like a fermented yogurt milk. It's like a, I think it's I think it's Arab, um, or, or I mostly see it in Arab land anyway. But oh, it's monster gone. That's a sad time. Um, but anything that's, that's probiotic and has some some uh, bacteria in there that's going to help your gut flora and microbiome, generally speaking, it's going to help. Um, so, so I try and get, uh, to be honest, I, I'm not very good at getting fermented foods, but I do supplement with probiotics, which I'm going to talk about later in the supplement section um, of this digestive part. Um, but mostly... Um, you could pick up some fermented foods like they're sold in tesco's and stuff so you could try just working some they do taste a little bit weird like kimchi tastes a bit weird and and sauerkraut tastes a bit weird but once you get like a a taste for it kefir tastes banging by the way so get some kefir in um but once you get a taste for it like it can really aid digestion your gut microbiome we know that like i think it's i think it's something ridiculous like 70 to 80% your immune system is based in your gut microbiome so you know when you're taking antibiotics and you completely wipe that out you wipe your immune system out as well you know if you've got gut issues your immune system is probably down that's why a lot of autoimmune issues will have direct correlation to digestion issues you know so um, it's really really important that you do look after your gut care and your health care and your microbiome otherwise you are just you're literally just cutting yourself short the whole time and you can really improve your life if if, if you do take care of it so to summarize foods avoid the foods that cause you stress take your time stick to a meal plan swap foods in one at a time and find out which ones do cause you stress Um, eat foods that are rich in fiber um, loads of different colors textures micronutrition eat foods that are possibly fermented um, as long as they agree with you um hydrate really really well water is a big part of digestion as well um and that's pretty much it in terms of i'm sure there's some extra things if there is don't hesitate to dm me don't hesitate to help a brother out but i can't think of anything else off my head um moving on to supplements now the reason why in fact you know what i'm going to do supplements last stress stress is a big one sleep Poor sleep has a huge correlation to poor digestion. If you are sleeping less, if your stress is high, I promise you, um, your digestion will be off as well. So stress mitigation, breathing, meditation, um, anything that's gonna help your parasympathetic nervous system activate um, is gonna be a really, really good idea for just bringing things back to a level of digestion and assimilation that, that that's just optimal for the body. You know, like you, you can imagine... Also things like being in a position to eat in terms of heart rate, in terms of breathing rate, like you wouldn't want to go finish a marathon. Okay, maybe you would want to eat straight away, but you wouldn't want to f- walk over the finish line of a marathon at your heart rate that's been uh, 140 beats a minute for 26 miles and then just start eating a burger. Do you know what I mean? Like your body would just be like, get away from me. You need to wait until everything's back down to like baseline, breathing rate down to like six per minute. Six seven breaths per minute, you know, heart rate back down to sixty or whatever your resting heart rate is, and you're going to be in a position to assimilate and digest a lot better. We know that when you're in that parasympathetic nervous system, um, or when you're in that parasympathetic state, I should say, that saliva upregulates, digestive enzymes up upregulates, stomach acid upregulates, and your ability to digest and assimilate upregulates. So, it is important to be in that state to digest, and, and you will find that if you're in an inflamed sympathetic state. That your that your predisposition to digestive issues is going to be higher, whether you like it or not, um, and that's the reality of it. So stay de-stressed, guys. Like it is a real thing, and and, and you'll find that a lot of business guys, but business guys and girls out there who have high stress jobs, they're suffering um, with digestive issues, and they and they don't know why, and they eat great diets, and and it could just be down to stress. So. Really, really focus on stress mitigation, and I, and I think you're going to be in a good in with a good time. Um, finally, supplements. Now, you can supplement with probiotics and so, and enzymes and things like that. But ultimately, if the foundations aren't there in terms of nutrition choice, in terms of stress mitigation, this ain't to do she. It ain't to do she. So if you haven't got those first things in place, ignore this section. However probiotics vsl 450 billion are what i'm using at the moment they are one of the highest quality highest count of bacteria probiotics on the market it's about 20 pound for a for a week serving so it's pretty fucking hefty uh, no two weeks serving so it's 10 pound a week it's pretty hefty i only run this like every other like every three or four days i'll have one um just to kind of keep myself if I find myself having digestive issues. We've got to bear in mind that I was on antibiotics like four weeks ago, three weeks ago. So I have a pretty good use of probiotics um, at the moment to help my digestion. Um, but also now foods, um, they have uh, I think it's called 10 billion, um, they have one as well, which is a cool probiotic. But anything that's gonna aid your gut flora um will help digestion um a little bit as well. Um, and then now food super enzyme is like a, uh, a, lipase, a lipase protease and amylase combination also I think there's some hcl in there um, that can just help break down foods and help the digestion and assimilation of foods if that's something that you struggle with I personally recommend uh, enzymes high into an off season when perhaps the amount of food that you need to digest is a little bit super physiological a little bit more than normal um, you might need a little bit more than normal help, um, especially things like especially things like stomach acid, uh, enzymes, saliva. They're all going to down-regulate in an off-season because you just don't really need to eat as much or want to eat as much or your body's not going to want to eat as much because you're just in abundance all the time. So um, I think it's important to understand that, yes, the these enzymes and probiotics are a tool, but they ain't going to do anything with with without the other things in place um there's a little bit into apple cider vinegar um and a little bit into um things like beetroot and and things like that but i'm i'm not clued up enough to say why they would help or why they wouldn't help so i'm not even going to delve into it but those that are going to be the two supplements that may or may not help your digestive issues if you have everything else in place um, so that's it I'm going to leave that there for those three topics I'm going to answer a few questions right now and then we're going to leave this podcast where it is uh, let's get to the first question first question uh, how far do you think roids are utilized in Hollywood in Hollywood and wh- whose physique there are you a fan of so I don't really give a shit about any of their physiques but yes they are 100% used Sylvester Stallone Arnold Schwarzenegger uh what's his name tom hanks mel gibson i've heard talk about all of these guys are running trt 100 percent. all of them are going to be running testosterone replacement therapy if not all of them are going to be running human growth hormone as well if not all of them are going to be using stem cells as well i listened to a podcast with uh, mel gibson and joe rogan and he uses stem cells all the time And like, he's like 70 odd, he looks good, he looks strong. There is literally no way that these guys aren't using peptides, hormones to to optimize themselves for a while, you know. They've got private doctors, um, and they're monitoring everything, which is the key, by the way, you big gearheads out there. They're getting blood work. They're, they're checking everything, and they're putting everything exactly where they want. If you look at Dan Bilzerian, Dan Bilzerian is a good idea, as well, a, a good option to look at as well. He actually posts about it. He takes, like, Cialis for blood flow. Obviously, he had a heart attack, so he needs to worry about that. He takes, like, 125 meg of uh, testosterone every six days. He takes, like, one or two IUs of growth hormone every day. Um, and he just keeps everything absolutely optimal so he can live the longest life he could. I mean, if you were a billionaire, billionaire, wouldn't you? I fucking would, that's for sure. <laughs> if you train in the morning, um, should you take all your health subs at night, i.e. Multivits, Creole oil, V-bills? So you could take anything that you like um, around your workout, as long as it's not an antioxidant and anti-inflammatory type product. For example, CBD, Uh, curcumin or anything like that you wouldn't want to take that around your workout because we need that inflammation that inflammation post post training or post exercise is a necessarily necessary signal to our body for adaptation we if we want to adapt we need that inflammation so if we're taking that inflammation away we inevitably take away our ability to adapt um while i'm here actually i mentioned cbd cbd and thc are both shown to help digestion so that's something that i wanted to just throw in there but for the rest of your supplements um yeah, I wouldn't worry. Like you could, you you can take most of them around a workout, but like things like vitamin C, curcumin, t- to be honest, krill oil, I'll just take them all in the evening. It's going to be no big deal. Um, where w- if you take them like three or four hours after your workout, you could take them wherever. Why do the top level Olympia athletes use bro splits? Good question. So probably because they don't need to grow too much muscle anymore. They just need to kind of shape it more um so they're just trying to deliver as much volume to that muscle as they can to kind of shape it a little bit more like you see like phil heath hasn't really changed in size his weight on stage is like within five to ten pounds each year which is literally just like a little bit more trend or a little bit less trend you know? Um, it's more just like the shape and the, the maturity that they need to get into the muscle. So they don't need to train as regularly. I think you'll find that at one point they probably train more frequently and they probably train very fucking heavy. Like Dexter Jackson, he's nearly 50 now. There's no way that that guy could go deadlift and squat what he used to do 20 years ago you know it would be stupid of him to do that but he doesn't need to do that he's already built the foundations he's already built all that muscle so there's no need for him to actually do that so a lot of it will be tactical a lot of it will be just they don't know what they're doing and they've just got the genetics and drugs and they've worked hard for it um but you know some of it would just be that they don't necessarily need to grow as much as as much as we do as as young guns fuck <laughs> this is going to be the last question right now fuck marry kill tm cycles guzman and jp um so i'd have to marry the boy just because just because i'd fuck guzzy because i would i would steal his wallet when i'm shagging him and jp yeah i don't think i'd handle i don't think i'd handle to marry him i don't think i'd handle fucking him either jesus christ why have i just ended the podcast on that i do not know Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. I, my brain is very, very slowly switching off. These podcasts are becoming much, much harder to, to stay cognitively active throughout. And I've just noticed that as I've kind of dwindled here. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. I hope this was a decent one for you. I shall speak to you very, very soon. Peace and love everybody. Bye-bye.